Hi, it's Kat. And it's Dan. Welcome to Kat and Dan's Big Woof. Right, now in this week's issue, we'll be talking all about my favourite breeds, adding on to the, uh, our little mini-series of our 10 favourite dogs. So, my favourite breed, the German Shepherd. Now, Catherine is going to tell you all about the history of this amazing dog. Right, so during the 1850s, attempts were being made to standardise dog breeds in eastern and the northeastern parts of Europe, so Germany, the Netherlands and countries like that. Dogs were being bred to preserve traits that assisted in the job of herding sheep and protecting their flocks from predators, which was what they were originally bred to do, hence the shepherd dog. Mm. So in Germany, this was practised within local communities where shepherds selected and bred dogs. It was soon recognised that the breed had the necessary skills for herding sheep, such as intelligence, speed, strength and acute senses of smell, which is what is very apparent in the German Shepherd dog that we see today. So the results were that dogs were able to do such things, but that differed significantly both in appearance and ability from one area or region to another. As such, this led to the formation of the Phylax Society in 1891, with the intention of creating standardised development plans for native dog breeds in Germany. The society disbanded after only three years, however, due to ongoing internal conflicts regarding the traits in dogs that the society should promote. Some members believed that dogs should be bred solely for working purposes, while others believed dogs should be bred also for appearance. I think that's that conflict is kind of prevalent in today's yeah, society that, as well. Yeah, that hasn't really died down. But you said something about the dogs being those dogs being very intelligent. Has that made them useful for any other careers and herding? Yeah, definitely. I think um, I think we see more of the military and army dogs that we see today, which which you're going to talk about. Yeah, but. There, that also makes them really good for guide dogs, doesn't yeah. it? Because I mean, they, really the, they get the, the commands shepherd. really quickly. Yeah, you wouldn't really expect a German Shepherd to be a guide dog because they're quite stereotyped to be quite aggressive and yeah. they look a bit aggressive as well, to me at least. Um, yeah, I suppose, there, I suppose there is that aspect, but you've got to bear in mind that these dogs were bred for herding, so they had to be big and strong. Yeah. But actually... The Rottweiler has a stronger bite force than the German Shepherds. Yeah, I read that. That they're not that. They're as for all of their reputation, Rottweilers are a lot have a lot stronger bite force, and yet they have a stronger bite force than pit bulls. Yeah, that's pretty surprising actually. And pit bulls are the one with the bad press. Yeah, and uh, they're recent as well, aren't they? They're, if you yeah. think about it, I thought they they'd been around for ages, but they've only been around since the eighteen hundreds. Yeah, eighteen ninety nine, I think, was the first. Um, dog that was registered. Anyway, um, while not successful in, in their goal of achieving the perfect dog, so to speak, the Phylax Society had inspired people to pursue standardising dog breeds independently. With the rise of large industrialised cities in Germany throughout the Industrial, Re- Industrial Revolution, the predator population began to decline, rendering sheepdogs rather unnecessary. A man called Max von Stefanitz, an ex-cavalry captain and former student of the Berlin Veterinary College, was an ex-member of the Phylax Society who firmly believed that dogs should be bred for working purposes. He admired the intelligence, strength and ability of Germany's native sheepdogs, but could not find any one single breed that satisfied him. In 1899, von Stefanitz was attending a dog show when he was shown a dog named Hector. Hector was the product of a few generations of selective breeding and completely fulfilled what von Stefanitz believed a working dog should be. He was pleased with the strength of the dog and was so taken by the animal's intelligence, loyalty and beauty that he purchased him immediately. 
After purchasing the dog, he changed his name to Horan von Grappa, and von Stefanitz founded the Verein für, für Deutsche Schäferhunde, Society <laughs> for the German Shepherd Dog. It's been ages since I've spoken German. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, we probably just offended a lot of yeah, German people. Sorry to anyone who's German. <laughs> um, Horand was declared to be the first GSD and was the first dog added to the breed society's breed register. A few years of selective breeding, selective breeding and some low-key inbreeding later, von Stefanitz had fulfilled his dream of creating the perfect working dog and is therefore credited with being the creator of the German Shepherd dog that we know today. Speaking of today, now, part of this programme is part of this little mini-series is that we tell you what these sort of dogs would be suitable for. Now, German Shepherds' temperaments, they are moderate—they are moderately active dogs and are described in breed standards as self-assured. So that means that you could probably afford to um, leave them alone for a bit longer, but once again, we don't recommend leaving dogs to their own devices for far too long. Now. They're quite curious and, as we previously mentioned, very intelligent. So, mm. for despite their bad rep, they are pretty easy to train and they'll get what you're trying to tell them after five commands at the very, at the very highest, which is very impressive considering yeah. how difficult some dogs can be to train. Yeah, exactly. Now, some behavioural faults are, because of their protective instincts, they can be quite overprotective of their owners if not properly mm. trained but they are very good with um, children and other pets if they've been introduced to them early on so it, like any other dog their training should start early yeah because we trained poppy to look up look uh, be gentle with my little sister lottie when she was first born and i think that still shows today because poppy is still very gentle with her even when she's playing with her or something yeah now speaking of um playing with dogs a lot of um, there's a small health problem that health problems to be aware of in the shepherds that yeah well you should definitely be aware of are um, they suffer from this thing called oh where is it I know I have it somewhere uh, I read hip and oh, elbow dysplasia yeah yep yeah, that's it dysplasia hip and elbow dysplasia so but this is an easy to avoid problem as long as you um, limit the amount of jumping they do and. That sort of thing. Basically, make sure they don't overwork themselves too yeah, much. Yeah, because these these are kind of dogs that will work themselves until they collapse. So you need to make sure that whatever exercise you're doing, that it's regulated and you supervise them properly, yeah. and don't make them work too hard. However, there's also another minor thing to be aware of. As you know and can clearly see, German shepherds have very large pointed ears. Mm. However, they lack the protective inside layer of fur to protect them from things like mould and dust. So ear problems like infections are very common. So be aware of that and make sure you take extra good care of their ears. But the biggest problem that a German shepherd could possibly have is degenerative, ah, degenerative myelopathy which is a neurological disease and it's the best way to avoid that is to check with the breeder first it get them from a breeder that has tested for the mm. disease already or test them yourself because that way that these registered breeders can make sure that it's bred out of them mm. but that's the only big one really so i read cancer as well as a big one but that's yeah pretty but that's that's all dogs to be honest that's all life forms i mean we yeah. we deal with it true so 
And once cancer's sorted out with us, it probably won't be too long after until dogs are sorted out too. Mm. So that's a big one there. Now, moving away from the morbid topic of illness that the dogs can deal with, I mean, which is quite good, another good side to them as well. You notice that list was quite short. Yeah. I mean, with some dogs, that list is very long. Yeah, like pugs, bulldogs. Yeah, yeah, list goes on there. But so, yeah, another good side to having that dog. Now, German Shepherds in ordinary life can live the average lifespan for a dog their size, which is between 10 to 12 years, but don't be surprised if they go above it. And in the working career, as we previously mentioned, they were originally used for herding, but because of the bravery and natural intelligence that these dogs present, they were perfect for careers in policing and military. Now, in the police, they are used for purposes such as sniffing out clues and criminals, uh, tracking, self-defence, that sort of thing. And the military, they're used for scouting out an area to make sure that it's safe. Yeah. But that just because they have these very high-energy careers, like I said, they're intelligent. So used for other sorts of careers such as uh, therapy dogs and aid dogs which is i think quite incredible actually yeah, like they're so like versatile yeah like that's one of the reasons i like them so much they're such a versatile breed they can be used for so many things and they're the they're one of the breeds most likely to come to your aid if you need them mm. which i think that's quite good I, it's like they've retained a lot of their pack mentality from yeah. their, from their ancestors, which probably was their purpose. They they also have... Um, I find this quite funny. Once I was doing research about the German Shepherd, I found that the USSR, when it was still called that, they bred their own version of it because they wanted to... Because the German Shepherd was such a perfect dog that they wanted their own version that wasn't called German. <laughs> oh, my God. And naturally... The USSR made it bigger, of course. of course, but smartly enough, they did make sure to breed it to have a warmer coat for the Siberian conditions. Oh, yeah. And speaking of the fact that it's called German, as I'm sure many of you are aware, another name for the German Shepherd is the Alsatian, mm. which was for a very long time the most popular name for the dog, as, well, as I'm sure you're all aware, the world wars with Germany a lot of anti-German sentiment. Yeah. So, and yet the dogs were still popular over here. So they changed their name to Alsatian in yeah. accordance to the region called Alsace, bordering Germany with France. Yeah. So yeah. They could get away with having these dogs and not being anti-patriotic, which. <laughs> but yeah, I suppose at the end of the day, they they just got out of a war, really. Yeah. And another thing that I found really quite astounding was the fact that a lot of German Shepherds have movie roles. Yes. So when you think yeah. about a dog's purpose, the Max series, have you seen the Max series? Yep, I've seen that one. Really, really good. There's also a very famous German Shepherd in popular culture. In 1921, there was a famous Shepherd called Strongheart, who became one of the earliest canine film stars. Oh, really? Which I never, I've never heard of him, so I, I thought that, I found that quite impressive actually, yeah. and yeah, they've been on the Hollywood Walk of Fame and everything. Wow. There's also 
and this is appealing to my love of comics. Batman's faithful canine, Ace the Bat Hound, is a German <laughs> Shepherd. <laughs> but it's a German Shepherd as well, which I'm not surprised that would be the dog Batman would choose. Mm. <laughs> but yeah, I've, I just find that quite incredible. And I believe that's about it for the information we've got for the yeah, German so Shepherd. Yeah, so I think um, that when you, if you're considering getting a German Shepherd, I think you should consider, again, like the Golden Retriever, how much exercise this dog yeah. needs. This dog needs a lot of exercise. Yeah, but and because of their size and intelligence, not to mention the fact that, you know, they're not afraid to assert their own will, mm. they need to have a fairly strong-minded handler. So yeah. if you're thinking about getting this dog as your first dog, make sure you're, you're the kind of person that would tell the dog no. Yeah, with, they need and, to know who's boss. Yeah. Otherwise, they'll be the boss, and that's not where you yeah. want to be. Because though these dogs won't have as big a pr- problem with, as, say, much bigger dogs like Wolfhounds or Great Danes who kind of throw their weight around, mm. they they will still try to, you know, assert their own will. Yeah. Probably why they're so good at their jobs in the police and army. Yeah, because I think one of the reasons that attracted me to the police was the fact that you can work with these dogs who are so in in tune to what their handler is thinking, what the handler is doing. Mm. I think it's just amazing that these dogs are used so widely around the world in conjunction with Belgian Malinois Spaniels and they just work so well as a team and yet they're so versatile by themselves. Yeah, yeah. and it's quite... Yeah, I do think that it's quite impressive, really. Yeah, because there aren't many dogs that I can think of who would jump into a burning building or um, no, you know, jump into a criminal car that's moving at the vast quite majority high speed. of dogs will pro- unless they've been unless they have been trained otherwise will probably choose flight over fight yeah. unless they you know unless they think they can handle the threat yeah another thing to remember is because these dogs because this breed of dog is really cremi- can be quite territorial territorial about this family is socialize your dog with as many other dogs as possible once you and get strangers yeah not just dogs you've got to socialize if you have cats make sure that obviously they're they're used to cats mm. if you quite popular as a person and have guests around a lot then make sure the dog is used to different people and different scents coming yeah, and going definitely. all the time and that's about it i mean in all honesty, despite their bad reputation, they're not that different from any other dog in how you should train them. Yeah, I think a lot of the bad reputation is from bad press and people not knowing and people yeah. getting these dogs without knowing what they're getting into beforehand. Yeah. So I think you need to properly do proper research, um, think about whether this dog is right for you. I mean, if it's that much of a if it's that much of a problem see if there are anyone who in the dog park or whatever who has a german shepherd get to know the german shepherd because they're such popular dogs probably yeah you'll see them around a lot in um your neighborhood or your region yeah and you know in the long run despite how much exercise these dogs might need which is you know not that much more than the retriever actually because similar sort of size and bred for uh, the same sort of thing yeah um they're actually a lot more low maintenance than retrievers. When, they do they shed? Not as much. I mean, you think about it. 
One dog comes from Germany, the other one comes from the Highlands in Scotland. That's true, but Germany can still get quite cold. Yeah, it can still get quite cold, but retrievers have the double have the double layer of fur. German shepherds don't, so their grooming is a lot less complicated. Mm, true. So that, that means you'll be vacuuming less and spending time with your dog more. Yep, gotta love them doggos. <laughs> <laughs> now, I believe that wraps up everything we have to say about my favourite dog. Now, we'll be moving on next week to the mascot breed of our entire program, the pointer. The German Joy pointer. So there are several different types of pointer. There's the wire head and the short head. We'll yeah. be talking about the short head pointer because that's what the breed of dog that I have back at home. He's called Merlin. He's 12 oh, weeks old. No, he's, he's about 16, 17 weeks old now. He's yeah. getting quite, quite bigger. Um, but yeah, we'll be speaking about him and about the breed in general next week so make sure you're tuned in for that so this is daniel this is Catherine, and tune in next week for cat and dan's big wolf thank you guys see you next week bye